the teams you care about. Mac Jones is good. That's not the question. The question is, is he good enough to win repeatedly in this loaded AFC? The stories that matter to you. If I'm Xander Bogarts, I need three things in order to get over that insulting contract offer. This is your home for New England sports. Jason Tatum, superstar, book it. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEB-AM, FM, and WDEBradio.com. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday to you right here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEBradio.com. Short show today. We're up until 610, then we're off to Red Sox baseball. Sox take it on the Tigers. Game one of a three-game series at Fenway. Sox just took two of three from the Cardinals, and now they're playing some very good baseball, and they sit five games over 500. Josh Wachowski is on the mound tonight. We're going guestless again today, all 40 minutes on the show. You know, I had wanted, you heard the tease running all weekend, right? I had planned, I had wanted to do a deep dive on the Red Sox, but I heard some Celtics stuff this morning that kind of blew that plan out of the water. We are still going to talk about the Red Sox, but the deep dive is going to have to wait because I have to address what I heard about the Celtics earlier this morning. You can get on in on the Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line. That's 802-585-3026. That's your locally owned Napa stores in Waterbury and Morrisville. You can also get in on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, or my Twitter account. So get your comments in anywhere, and we will bring you to be part of the show as well. Everybody, let's waste no time. Five, four, three, two, one. And... Here we go. The opening thoughts on the Brady Farkas show are brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and by Swanton Lumber, Vermont's most complete locally owned home center with locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and Swanton Lumber. They are online at sticksandstuff.com. It appears that my entire NBA offseason is going to be spent defending Jason Tatum. We have been in the NBA offseason now for like three days, and it's already been made very clear to me that I'm going to spend a lot of my time defending Jason Tatum. If you ask me honestly, one of the things I don't like about this business is that it's that there's apparently little room for nuance anymore. I understand the need for immediacy. I understand emotion. I understand boldness in your take. And sometimes all of those things are pedestals to stand on. And I understand you can't always just write off things and say no big deal. But I think people have to understand there is room in this business for recognizing two sides to an argument. What do I always tell you? Seriously, I say this all the time, a couple of times per week at this point. Two things can be true at the same time. This business has apparently forgotten that, and it's very much bothering me. I was listening earlier today to Jake Crane, who's a smart guy. I've talked to him before. He has been on this show before, actually. He's a, he hosts a sports show for the Daily Wire. He was talking about Jason Tatum. And here is what Jake Crane, again, smart guy, young guy, maybe my age, a little bit older, a little bit younger. This is what he had to say. 
it's become pretty evident that Tatum isn't the alpha on his own team. It's Jalen Brown. Where Tatum looked nervous, Brown looked hungry. When Tatum turned it down, Brown turned it up. And maybe we should start holding Jalen Brown in higher esteem than we do Jason Tatum. Now, some people have made the excuse that Tatum was exhausted. You can miss me with that because all those guys were tired. And you find out who really has that dog in them when they're tired. We judge our superstars based on what they do when the moment is the biggest and the lights are the brightest. And Tatum shied away instead of shining. We as a business need to be able to understand that two things can be true at once. One, Jason Tatum played a horrific game six of the NBA Finals. Jason Tatum struggled mightily at times in the NBA Finals. That is true. That is a fact. That is true. But on the other side, Jason Tatum is still a great player. Jason Jason Tatum is still a superstar in this league, and the narrative out there suggesting that he isn't those things is insanely out of control. Jake Crane is a smart guy, as I told you. He has spoken right there like a guy who has watched the Celtics never be on this playoff run because I have a lot of holes to poke in what he has to say here, bit by bit by bit. This business has lost the ability for nuance. Yes, Tatum was bad in game six. That does not mean he is a bum, which is essentially is what is being presented out there by more than just Jay Crane, by a lot of people. People think that Tatum is a bum, and I am going to have to spend my offseason now defending him against that kind of slander, apparently. Here is what Jay Crane had to say. Let's go bit by bit here. It's become pretty evident that Tatum isn't the alpha on his own team. It's become pretty evident that Jason Tatum isn't the alpha on his own team. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have been teammates together in Boston for five seasons. Jason Tatum has accelerated his points per game average every single year that he's been in the league. Jalen Brown hasn't done that. And I love Jalen Brown. This is not me you know, looking to, to say that Jalen Brown stinks. But if you're going to tell me that Tatum isn't the alpha on his own team, I'm going to tell you that you are flat out wrong. Jason Tatum has ascended every single year he has been in Boston. His points per game total has risen every year. Jalen Brown's has not. He has not shown the consistent growth that Jason Tatum has. Jason Tatum has scored more points per game than Brown in every season of their career except for Tatum's rookie year, in which Brown barely beat him. Tatum takes more shots per game. Alphas do that. He takes more free throws per game, so alphas get to the bucket a little more. I think Tatum could do it more, but Jalen Brown, you know, that guy who looks so hungry, career, 2.4 free throws attempt, or 3.4 free throws attempted per game, I think. Tatum's 4.4. Maybe it's 2.4 and 3.4, but either way, Jason Tatum attempts more free throws per game than Jalen Brown does, okay? Do the haters have an answer for this? If, If Brown is the alpha, why is he not going to the cup like Tatum does historically? Even when Kemba Walker was on this team, Tatum scored more points than he did as well. Jason Tatum has very clearly been the alpha on this team since Kyrie Irving left 
and saying otherwise suggests that you are looking solely at a six-game sample size when you should be looking over the last five years. Jason Tatum has been the alpha here for a while. He led the team in scoring when Kemba was here. He led the team in scoring when when it was just him and Jalen. No matter what iteration of the Celtics have existed since Kyrie Irving left, Jason Tatum has been the guy. And oh, by the way, hey, Jake Crane, let me, you want a stat? Here's a stat for you. Jason Tatum scored more points than Jalen Brown in 16 of the 24 playoff games this year. You think Jalen Brown is the alpha on this team. Jason Tatum scored more points than him in 66% of the playoff games this season. Tatum is clearly the go-to guy on this team. So I ask Jake Crane and others in this business to please recognize that you can talk about Tatum's performance in Game 6. You can talk about his performance in the finals. Talk about those things. Those struggles were real. But just because you notice them does not mean that the, the alternative is that Jason Tatum is a bum because that could not be further from the truth. Mark over in Essex, any and all people who think Tatum is a negative knows very little about the game or is just trying to make a story out of nothing. You're damn right, Brady, straighten these people out. Thank you very much there, uh, Mark. I've got more to say momentarily. Joseph says, Brady, I agree with you 100%. There are too many people like Colin Cowherd, Skip Bayless, and Stephen A. that are haters that need to lighten up sometimes because two things can be true. Mm, stop hating on Tatum. He isn't the first superstar to have a bad game or two or three in a series. Totally agree. You can talk about a player and say that they struggled without the alternative being that they stink. Let's get to the next part here of what Jake Crane had to say. Where Tatum looked nervous, Brown looked hungry. When Tatum turned it down, Brown turned it up. And maybe we should start holding Jalen Brown in higher esteem than we do Jason Tatum. Okay. Let's also understand this. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have been linked forever, right? Since they got in the league, they've been linked. They are already held in extremely close regard. So Jake Crane's like, oh, maybe we should hold Brown in the same light as Tatum. But like Jalen Brown is not seen as some bottom feeder and Tatum is seen as the king. These guys have been on the same level or close to it their entire career. They were both drafted number three overall. They've both been paid. The, the team has committed to them long-term money and real dollars. The team didn't trade either one of them in possible deals they could have made. So this idea that Brown is just some kind of come-up who, you know, who we've esteemed at pretty much the same level and have been for years. So, again, this narrative that Brown is a bottom feeder, that's not true. The Celtics have prioritized them both. They've prioritized their developments, their bank accounts. They've prioritized their commu uh, commitment to them for the future. They haven't moved either one of them. So we and the Celtics, we have held Jalen Brown in very high regard, just like we have Jason Tatum. Let's get to the third thing. That Jay Crane said. Now, some people have made the excuse that Tatum was exhausted. You can miss me with that because all those guys were tired. 
and you find out who really has that dog in them when they're tired. We judge our superstars based on what they do when the moment is the biggest and the lights are the brightest. And Tatum shied away instead of shining. Now, I'm not going to make the excuse, and I didn't make the excuse, that Jason Tatum was too tired to perform well. I am not going to make that excuse. But let's also understand something here. There are times, plenty of times in sports, where the circumstances are different for different people. Let, let, let me explain this. If I told you that there was a pitcher, right? Major League Baseball playoff game. One pitcher pitches great. The other pitcher pitches horribly. You would need some context behind that, wouldn't you? What if I told you that the guy who struggled threw 210 innings that year and the guy who was, was, was killing it in the playoffs threw 140? That's a little bit different, right? That guy's got 70 more innings on his arm. It's not an excuse, but 70 more innings, that's a significant number, right? That would maybe change the conversation. What if I told you that that one pitcher who struggled was pitching on three days rest? Well, the other guy who didn't struggle was pitching on a full five days rest. Again, not an excuse, but it would change the narrative, wouldn't it? The same can be true for Jason Tatum in basketball. It is not an excuse. I'm not going to give him the out and say, oh, he was too tired. But that said, understand this. Jason Tatum was fourth in minutes played in the NBA. Jalen Brown, his teammate, was 54th. Steph Curry was 55th. Jason Tatum played the equivalent of 21 more games this season than Steph Curry. He played the equivalent of like 15 more games than Jalen Brown. So... To say that there was more wear and tear on Jason Tatum is actually factually true. You do not give him the excuse. Like We're not starting here from the same spots. Like If I told you it's opening night and Jason Tatum got tired after 20 minutes and everybody else got tired after 40, that would be something where you could say, okay, Jason Tatum doesn't have that dog in him, as Jay Crane says. They're not starting from equal spots. Jason Tatum played... 15 to 20 more games than other guys on that court. Draymond Green played 46 games this season. Jason Tatum played 76. So, again, I won't give Jason Tatum the out. I won't say you were too tired to play well. That is not an excuse. But there is some context here that we can acknowledge is rational. Jason Tatum plays 30 more games this, than Jalen. Uh, than I'm sorry, than Draymond Green. He plays the fourth most minutes in the NBA. Jalen Brown plays the 54th most minutes in the NBA. Steph Curry, 55th. There is a difference here. Jason Tatum went to the Olympics and played earlier than everybody else did this season. So let's acknowledge that the pitcher who pitches on three days rest is different than the pitcher who pitches on five days rest. Let's understand that the running back who's got 400 carries in the season is different than the running back who's got 180. Let's understand that the guy who's playing hurt is different than the guy who's healthy. There are circumstances where there are circumstances that are different and that you can rationalize someone's struggles. Jason Tatum looks gassed. You know what? He probably was. He probably was. If I go out and play, let's just say this. I'm a better basketball player than you. Right. Let's just say you driving. I'm a better basketball player than you. We go to the YMCA. 
I've been playing basketball there for four hours. I've been playing pickup for four hours. You just show up. Then we play one-on-one, and you beat me. And everybody says, oh, wow, that guy's way better than Brady. Is that really true? Or has Brady been playing for four hours, and you've been playing for four minutes? There is context there, and there's context that apparently we are lacking in this business. Okay, That sounds to me like Jake Crane wanted to make a point that Jason Tatum was not his guy, and he found things to back that up. Good for him. This business, you can manipulate things any way you want to, and I do it too in certain regards, but I can't do it here. Jason Tatum is clearly the alpha on this team. He's clearly the alpha over Jalen Brown. And clearly the minutes played and the number of months played consecutively, it does matter. It doesn't tell the full story, but it tells part of the story. Okay, again, the pitcher who pitches on three days rest is different than the guy who pitches on five. The pitcher who has 210 innings is different than the guy who's thrown 140. And the guy who's played 21 more games equivalency minutes-wise in the season is different. Jason Tatum did not play well in game six. I do think he slumped his shoulders and quit in game six. But it does not mean that he is a bum. And that is what people are out here trying to tell us. And I'm not going to stand for it. Jay Crane's a smart guy. He and I went back and forth on Twitter about this. Jake Crane offered to come on the show. I accepted his offer. He couldn't do it today. I think he might do it tomorrow or later in the week. I'll have Jake Crane anytime he wants. And he can talk about this. And I'm going to tell him the exact same thing. That you have to have the ability to be nuanced in your discussion. Because it just didn't feel like there was a lot of nuance there. I get it, right? You can't be wishy-washy. You've got to be opinionated. I like to think I'm opinionated too, but I will also tell you when two things can be true, right? I believe Mac Jones is a good quarterback. I do. I do not believe that Mac Jones is good enough to carry the Patriots in this loaded AFC. So I think that I'm fairly rational about this. I have a take. I have an opinionated take that I believe Mac Jones is not as good as Joe Burrow. I believe he's not as special as Josh Allen. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Justin Herbert. I believe that, but I'm also not sitting here telling you the Patriots are going two and four, uh, two and fifteen with Mac Jones. That's not going to happen either, and that is basically what Jake Crane is doing there. I think the Patriots can win, as I've told you, between seven and ten games on their schedule this year with Mac Jones. I believe that if Mac Jones were in the NFC, playing in the NFC East, he could win twelve games. I do believe he's good. I just don't believe he's special. And, you know, basically we're living in a land where I have to say he's a Super Bowl winner or he's going 2-15. and And I refuse to live in that world. And you shouldn't live in that world either when it comes to the Jason Tatum stuff. Peter and Williston, go get him, Brady. Thank you for making sense out of nonsense. Tatum is a rising superstar, period. It takes time to learn how to win in the pros. Nothing, that's a, that's a, Bad radio, essentially, from Jay Crane. Jalen Brown didn't have the opposing team's best defender on him as Tatum did. Look at what Golden State did to Luka when they closed out Dallas. That's the other thing. People want to penalize Jason Tatum like for not playing great in the finals. At least Jason Tatum got there. right? Like I love Luka. 
Luka is my favorite player to watch in all of basketball, more so than Tatum. Luka got beat by that team in five games. Luka's never been to the finals. That was Luka's first trip to the, to the Western Conference finals. Are you going to say Luka's not a superstar? I'm not a huge Trey Young guy. Okay, that's just me. I'm not he's not his style of play is not my cup of tea. But a lot of people label Trey Young a star. Trey Young got to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, got beat by Giannis, and his team came back this year and was this, was the five seed, I think. No, I take that back. Was the seventh seed, eighth seed. They had to play a play in game. They got beat by Miami. Like Trey Young's not gonna get not he's not getting knocked in the way that Tatum's getting knocked. Donovan Mitchell's never he's been the number one seed before and not been to the Western Conference Finals. People will label him a star. Tatum's getting punished because it happened in front of you in the finals. Other guys, what, they don't get the grief because they couldn't get there? Because they were more hidden with their failures? Not. You can miss me with that, to quote Jake Crane. We will see if Jake comes on this week again. He and I, are we're, we're, we get along, right? He's come on the show before. I've, we've gone back and forth on Twitter. And... I'm more than welcome into the show, but I will tell him exactly what I just told all of you. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. When we come back, great news for one of our own locally. I told you it should happen. It happened today. I'll tell you what that is. That's next. Welcome back in. Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Hit the return, people. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEB-AM, FM, and WDEBradio.com. There we go. That's that's appropriate. We couldn't find the button in time, apparently. Well, not we. I couldn't find the button in time, apparently. So when I say hit it, people, I really just meant me. Um, I want to get here as we close out the hour. Red Sox baseball comes up 15 minutes from now. Sox taking on the Tigers. I, I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so. Did you see the news today? That South Burlington native Rice Memorial product and UVM legend Ben Shungu. Did you see this news? That Ben Shungu got a pre-draft workout today with the Charlotte Hornets. I am so pumped for Shungu on this. And I want a personal apology from all of you out there that told me I was crazy. I told you months ago, months ago, that I thought Ben Shungu was going to get a look at the NBA level. And I told you that I felt he deserved it. And he does deserve it. And today he got it. So I want an apology from all the haters out there. Ben Shungu has gotten an NBA look. The draft comes up on Thursday. I personally do not believe that Ben Shungu is going to get drafted. I don't believe that Ryan Davis is going to get drafted either from UVM. I believe they both deserve NBA looks. Ben Shungu got an NBA look today. It is now up to him to decide what he does with this look and any ones that come subsequently. I believe that do a few pre-draft workouts, get on a few radars, maybe you end up on a summer league roster, and from that point, you never know. Ben Shungu is an excellent basketball player. He is a next-level professional basketball player. Does that mean he'll stick in the NBA? No, it doesn't. Do I think he'll stick in the NBA? No, I don't. But he is a professional basketball player who deserves a look by an NBA team. He got one today by the Charlotte Hornets. I hope to hear that there are more coming before Thursday's draft. And then I hope that he finds himself on a summer league roster. Anthony Lamb played on a summer league roster. 
So did Trey Bell Haynes. It absolutely can and does happen to guys from UVM. I hope it happens for both Shungu and Davis. But there were people out there, oh, it's for too small a school. Oh, he doesn't, he's not big enough. He's not knocked down from three, whatever. He's not athletic enough. I told you months ago that Ben, ben Shungu deserved a look from an NBA team, and he got one. Congratulations to Ben Shungu. I hope there are more. I hope there's a summer league look, and I hope he gets a real opportunity because whatever he does with the opportunity, that is up to him. But he got in the door. Now, make the most of it. I don't know where it will lead to, but I hope it leads somewhere great. Ben Shungu's going to play professional basketball. The question is where and for how long. He averaged 16 points a game this year. I think he should have won player of the year in the American East Conference. 52% from the floor, 41% from three. Defensive player of the year at one point in this conference. First team all league. That resume deserves a shot. And all of you that were doubting that, I just don't think we're looking hard enough. There's a big difference, like we just talked about, between gets pre-draft workout and becomes 10-time all-star. I am not saying Ben Shungu is going to be a 10-time all-star in the NBA, but he did deserve the opportunity he got today, and I hope he's able to turn some heads, get people to notice him, and then when the draft is over and players get signed to summer league deals, I hope that Ben Shungu is able to you know, make his mark because put him on the floor and anything can happen. Put him on the floor and anything can happen. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Text on the Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line. That's awesome that Shungu got a workout from the Hornets. I hope it turns into a G League offer like what happened for Lamb. That's right. Lamb, I want to say, so he was not drafted. Lamb was not drafted. I want to say he got signed by the Knicks for Summer League, then got waived, then got picked up by Houston and then played, you know, subsequently in the G League and then played in the NBA um, a little bit of the last two years, but mainly two years ago. And then, you know, was, was playing well in the G League this year. I, I don't know that that's going to be the path for Ben Shungu or Ryan Davis, but I know that they both deserve the opportunity to be there. They deserve the opportunity to turn some heads in the process. And just maybe Ben Shungu will do it. One workout does not mean he's the next Kobe Bryant. But I told you months ago, he deserved a look. He got that look. And now I hope there's more of them. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Red Sox baseball, 10 minutes from now, we'll give you the lineups, and we'll tell you why Alex Cora is going to start managing the team different beginning tonight. That's right. Alex Cora is going to manage the Red Sox different beginning tonight. I'll tell you how. And why? It's next on the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. And we're always streaming on the free WDEV radio app. This is... Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Red Sox baseball, five minutes from now. Here we are on the Brady Farka Show on WDEV. We will give you those Sox lineups here momentarily. A couple of Sox news and notes. Again, I had wanted to go deeper 
into the Red Sox today, but we'll have to save that for this week for later in the week because I had to get to the Jason Tatum slander that I was hearing. Uh, one, Jeter Downs is up today for the Red Sox. He's going to make his Major League debut, I would think, here at some point. He's not in the starting lineup today, spoiler alert. But if you remember, Jeter Downs is one of the guys who was acquired in the Mookie Betts trade. I think this is going to be a short stay for Jeter Downs, right? Kike's on the injured list. Arroyo's still on the COVID list. So he's likely here. That is Downs because he's on the 40-man roster and, you know, they need an infielder, right? Kike's out. He plays the outfield, but they got Arroyo gone. So they need an infielder. He's on the 40-man roster. Downs is going to be the guy who comes up. His star has fallen. He was a guy I was excited about as a Red Sox prospect. We were supposed to be excited about him. Last two years at AAA, 627 plate appearances. He's hitting 187. So I'm no longer excited about him as a guy who makes the Mookie trade look better, you know, than I all, you know, look look better than it was. It will be interesting how much Jeter Downs plays because Jeter Downs is a possible trade candidate for the Red Sox, right? His star has fallen to us. It's certainly fallen to them. Do they want to play him? showcase him a little bit and market him for other teams. Like as the trade deadline approaches, do the Sox put him out there to see if he gets hot and another team is interested? I don't know. Will Middlebrooks, the former Red Sox infielder, he had that theory on social media. Like if you want a good bullpen arm, is Jeter down to trade chip to help you get that? Maybe if he comes up for three games here and you know goes four for 10, then sure. If you want to upgrade at first base, maybe Jeter Downs is a trade chip. I, I don't know what they're going to do. Again, he's not in the lineup today. But does he play, and is he being showcased? Number two, you're going to notice Alex Cora manage differently from this point forward. And the reason why is this. There's 26 players on the roster. Up until today, you'd been allowed to have 14 pitchers and 12 position players. As of now, 13 players or 13 position players 13 pitchers. So one pitcher's got to go away off the roster. One position player's got to come up. It's another reason why Downs is here. So less relievers. What does that mean? It means the starters get tasked with a little bit more, right? You've seen Pavetta be a horse. Rich Hill, who I thought was only going to throw like four innings all year, is now working into the sixth. So starters, more is going to be demanded of them. You're going to see Alex Cora go a little bit deeper with his starters. Maybe let them get through some more things. Let them navigate some more trouble. And then when the bullpen does get called on, you're going to see those guys test a little bit more. Does Tanner Houck throw two innings instead of one at the back end? Does Schreiber get five outs instead of three? Interesting to see. But you're going to see Alex Cora. He called himself Captain Hook. He said Captain Hook's got to be a little bit less um, a little bit less trigger-fingered on getting starters out. Be interesting to see how it plays out, but starters will do more. Relievers will have to do more as well because there's one less guy down there to go to. Our guy Ken Libby over at uh, the... Hickey and Foster team at Keller Williams Stowe, or Keller Williams Vermont, the guy who talks with us on the afternoon news service. He says, Brady, very good observation on managing the pitchers. So thank you very much, Ken. Ken got in there on the Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line. The Tigers are horrific offensively. They're 26 and 40. They've scored the fewest runs in baseball by a wide margin. Socks are 36 and 31. Alex Fiedo 
pitches. He's one and three with a four two eight. He goes up against Josh Winkowski, one and one with a four five zero. Victor Reyes leads off for Detroit. He's in right. Robbie Grossman's in left. Miguel Cabrera is the DH. Javier Baez is the shortstop, hitting just one ninety four. Riley Green, one of the top prospects in baseball. He's back from the injured list. He's in center. Jamer Candelario's got some power. He's at third, although he's hitting 181. Spencer Torkelson, the former number one pick in the draft, hitting 190. He's at first. Jonathan Scopes at second. Tucker Barnhart is the catcher. For the Sox, Jaron Duran in center. Rafael Devers at third. J.D. Martinez, the DH. Sander Bogarts at short. Alex Verdugo in left. Trevor Story, who homered yesterday, he's at second. Franchi Cordero's at first. Christian Vasquez, the catcher, and Jackie Bradley Jr., well, he bats ninth and plays right field. Jackie hitting over 300 at home, I think hitting like 150 on the road. Red Sox baseball is next. I'll see you tomorrow on DEV.